Hello and welcome to a Mets Football Weekly. No, wait, that's no, no, that's not right. French Football Weekly podcast. Uh, my name is Chris. I am your host. And we are the podcast that never had any doubt that Mets would still have a chance of staying up in the final week of the season. Isn't that right, Jeremy Smith? Um, you're supposed to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're supposed to say yes. We all believe in Jess. Um, we will, of course, touch on on Mets in a minute, but uh, the fight is on. The fight is on. Uh, and of course, uh, joining us, probably less to be said about Montpellier's result this weekend. But welcome back, Phil. How you doing? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. On We're the beach. having um, on Wednesday. They're having a party at Penguin for oh. the 10th anniversary of Montpellier winning the title, and it's. A lovely thing, but unfortunately, most of the comments under any announcement about this are like, yeah, but this season's been shit, hasn't it? And yes, it has. Doesn't it make you feel old that it was 10 years ago? I didn't, it feels like just a few, well, I mean, it feels like a few years, but 10? Crikey, that's gone by quick, hasn't it? Um, and the scary part is Olivier Giroud probably looks more attractive now than he did 10 years ago, which is even oh, more scary. Well, it's better be. without a beard. <laughs> you prefer the beardless look, Jazz, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, we've got Teji if you like a bit of rough, so it's all good. Oh. Anywho, right, um, we've got loads to get to today, so uh, I shall prattle on no more. Uh, first things first, we're going to run down the results from last week. Um, I'm going to do the full list of the results and scores, and then we're going to nip into, obviously, the fight for survival and the battle for Europe, because lots happened over the weekend. As you probably would have known if you listened last week, and if you didn't, where were you? Uh, Jez and I made you aware that the last two games of the season, uh, or last two match days of the season, are played at the same time. So it was uh, an interesting Saturday evening full affair. At the same time of Eurovision and Spinal Tap, which made it very difficult to multi-screen. <laughs> multi-screen action is always good i was must admit i was across four different games uh, on saturday night myself so uh the first of those was bordeaux uh nil lorient nil we are safe hurrah um was a little bit of a backs to the wall performance but we will take that uh leon beat not by three goals to two yes good leon turned up this week uh musa dembele lucas paqueta and tete with the goals Mela. And Cyprien with the uh, strikes back for Nantes proved in vain. Uh, Metz one, Angers nil. Uh, Lamkelze popping up with another key, or what could be another key goal, is uh, with the winning goal in this particular game. Angers are also safe, but again, we'll come back to that in a minute. Monaco won a big game this weekend, two nil down at home to Brest through Gavern and uh, Bellali, uh, but they soon roared back in the, well, just before the second half, in fact, just before halftime, with Sam Benyeda with a penalty. Uh, he then went on to complete his hat-trick with 51st and 54th minute goals, and Kevin Volland sealed the win with 20 minutes to go for Monaco, quite the comeback for Clement's men. PSG, as we kind of alluded to in the intro, uh, dispatched Montpellier, who are not only on the beach, but have their sandals on and towels down, and they aren't going anywhere until next ice season. Ice cream. Ice cream, the whole shooting ice cream. Uh, various merchandise from the tight winning season of 10 years ago on display. But all jokes aside, PSG uh, turned up for this particular game. Two Leo Messi goals, Angel Di Maria and Kylian Mbappe, who we may touch on later with a late penalty, uh, and a missing Idrissa Gueye, which we'll also come on to later. Two more assists from Mbappe as well. Yes, indeed, yes. Uh, possibly, possibly his last two in PSG colours, as I say, we may. I hope touch so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, nice, um, the bottom fell out for them as they lost away at Lille. Justin Cliver put them in front, all seemed to be going well. But then a bit of Canadian flourish from Jonathan David with two goals in the second half and a late Timothy Weyer. Third secured the win for Jocelyn Govanek, whose job is probably still on the line over the summer, but good win for Lille and not a good day at the office, not a good week at the office for Nice post her Coupe de France final. Uh, not a good week if you're a Marseille person either. Ren with a 2-0 victory. I'm sure Rich was delighted at this. Uh, they um, were more than a match for Marseille on the night, Ren. Uh, really good atmosphere. At Sir Rosen Park, uh, Benjamin Bourigard, one of the underrated players of the season with the opener, and Lovro Meyer, who I've 
I'm just, I've got a bit of a man crush on. He's a mm-hmm. delightful footballer. Um, got the second, and uh, Ren are definitely not only have they caused Marseille trouble in second spot, but they're also pushing for it themselves. More on that in a moment. St. Etienne, uh, they lost again. Uh, I'm no, I know, I know, surprising. I they just... were, go on, Jess, yeah. No, sorry, I don't know if we were also going to talk about the two midweek matches. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. Um, but yes, we will. Yes, absolutely. I, I probably should have said those first, actually, shouldn't I? But I will come back to those shortly. Uh, Mun- Munitesi with the opener for Rams Mangala equalised for St Etienne. Uh, but Dumbia's winner in the 61st minute secured the win for Rams. And um, yeah, we will touch on those midweek games in a tick. Uh, beat Claremont to keep their European push alive. Adrian Thomason with the only goal of the game. And Lance uh, came from behind to Bianconi's opener for Trois to win 3-1. Kevin Dunster, Callum Window and Jonathan Klaus, who's had a lovely old season himself, bagging the third. As um, just quite rightly alluded to before last week, um, <laughs> both you and I, Jez, were, were speculating about what could or may not happen in midweek after we recorded the pod last Tuesday. And um, what happened was St Etienne... Um, spectacularly flew, uh, fell apart after going 2-0 up away at Nice and I must admit I was further behind the sofa at that point. Dennis Boengo and Yusuf uh, put Selecin in front but the second half, whatever they put in the Nice tee, it certainly was nice uh, because Melvin Bard equalised uh, Andy Delore who is of course inevitable, scored two in two minutes and Budawi with the late one for Nice has to be said Paul Bernardoni had I mean... There's Shockers and then there's Bernardoni's. Um, he had one in the second half. Uh, at least three of the four goals were completely his fault, in my humble opinion. And uh, Nice didn't have a good weekend, but uh, they certainly put pay to St Etienne's week. The other game in... I think we was... should just also mention that that game will probably be remembered more than anything else for the Nice fans. Um, yeah. Chanting some pretty tasteless stuff about Emiliano Sala. Yes. Um, yeah, and then... Obviously, it's a certain section of fans, and then that section of fans basically publishing a statement in which they apologise, but actually don't apologise in any way at all. Yeah, I was going to say it was a very politician's type of apology, wasn't it? It was um, kind of, if you're offended, yeah, there is banter. Yeah, if you're offended, there we're sorry. But... Thing, and it's like, a guy's died. Y- yeah, exactly. That's not funny. It's up there with the the comments, isn't it, about the um, uh, oh god, uh, the Mets. Was it the Mets uh, manager's wife? For memory, who was it in the um? Just help me out here, or Phil. Uh, one of you can. It remember. Is the Mets manager's wife. It was, wife, wasn't it? it was, um, mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Is it against Leo? I can't remember who. Yeah, it's the guy at Leo. But yeah, that wasn't. I mean, that was wasn't the fans. I think that's even worse. That's their sporting director. Oh yeah, yeah done it you know been on the pitch where he shouldn't have been done several things wrong and seems to just keep getting away with it but. it just sort of um it just sort of illuminates the fact that it's not been the best season off the pitch slash sidelines for French football this year has it you know the amount of crowd trouble and and, and various different things that have gone on it's not been not been a good time and, and you are right to to highlight that so highlights the wrong word but bring it to our attention I should say um Moving swiftly on uh, from the bad things, uh, it was a good night for, for Nantes, not such a good night for Rennes, particularly after their win against Marseille. Um, they must be sitting back tonight and thinking, oh, what could have been? Because uh, Flavian Tate had put them in front away at Nantes, the new Coupe de France uh, champions, of course. But Koulibaly and Nicola Palois with, um, you know, when centre-halves just swing a leg at a volley from a corner. Um, this was kind of not it because it was a really nicely controlled volley. But when it's Nicola Pauar, um, sort of that I don't know, Viking spirit almost, he, he roared off with the celebration. He enjoyed that, I think it's fair to say. And it really was a pretty tasty finish for a man who's uh, he's had his ups and downs with the Nantes fans over the years. But he is certainly warrior spirit and a good win that for Nantes. Um, Ren went into that match basically knowing if they won their last three matches, they'd finish second. So yeah. it's pretty disappointing, really. And they, and they were on top. Um, I watched uh, this sort of two screen and they, they were very much on top. And it was almost like that non goal just set them back. And the, uh, yeah, it's just, especially after what they did to Marseille, they will look back at probably that result if they don't make Champions League and think, oh, what could have been? Um, 
but we're going to go down to the bottom first of all and then work our way up to europe because there's obviously a couple of things we want to we want to touch on here rather than sort of going into individual games because i've kind of read the results i just want to just talk about the situation where we are at the bottom now so as i kind of alluded to uh, lorian are now safe um, with their nil nil draw at bordeaux which in turn secured clermont and Troyes. And if you really wanted to put them in there, Angers, yes, I was wrong. They survived. But um, only because they got that, that whip against Bordeaux. But, you know. So they are all now safe. So we now have a, a three-way dance, if you will, on the final day as to who will go and uh, who will stay, at least for now, in the relegation spot. Um, Jez, it would be unfair of me not to come to you first because I think, you know, you'd kind of given up most hope, if not all. I, I was trying to you know, make you smile, but I think even I thought, I think that's probably gone two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, and then it's all gone a bit nuts. The 2-2 two -two draw at Montpellier, couple with back-to-back -back wins. Let's not forget a last-minute winner against Lyon last week. And then this win over Angers. Matt's now currently sitting in the playoff spot, minus 29 goal difference. Um, so they're level on points with St Etienne. So basically, no pressure, just beat PSG and you're safe for now you know playoff wise where where's your head in this you know where where do you feel like this is just the the last gasp hurrah before it all goes horribly wrong or are you a bit more my head is being really really annoyed that we gave away that two goal lead against montpellier <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, um, yeah. look i it's i don't i sort of think in a way it's nothing to do with us now it's mm. i don't expect anything from psg i just hope that it's not an absolute mauling because we've got a plus six goal difference advantage over Saint-Étienne. And I think on paper, the likelihood is that both teams will lose, but Mets are more likely to lose by more. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah, I mean, anything... I mean, if there was any justice in the world after the way we were shafted in our first match against PSG, we would get a result, but I'm not hopeful in any way whatsoever. So really, I think this is all about non-Saint-Étienne and, and whether Saint-Étienne can sort of recover and get anything there. Um, you know, losing at home to Reims is not impressive, but they could turn around and say, well, we had no crowd there. I mean, obviously, that's that's kind of serves them right. It's for past misdemeanors, they didn't have a crowd, but I guess it's difficult to raise yourself. But Nantes, I don't know, I mean we discussed it in the context of that midweek game, we sort of thought, well, um, post Coupe de France, they've got nothing to play for. They'll probably sort of roll over against Gren. I mean, it is a big local derby, so it's not entirely surprising that they were up for that one. And then even against Lyon, they gave a, a great account of themselves and, and mm. only lost by the odd goal in five. So, you know, hopefully they're still going to be going 100% in this match. And there's a sort of a traditional rivalry between the teams because they're sort of two of France's great championship winning teams of the past or clubs of the past. So I'm hoping that they will probably be up for it and want to finish the, the season on a high. Um, but certainly on paper, you'd have to say Saint-Étienne have got the easier of the two matches. Um, yeah. So I am still concerned. But I, I think not after the cup win, after that midweek game, even the loss at the weekend against Lyon, they do look chipper. Mm. And this is going to be at Nantes. They're going to want to celebrate in style. And looking at Saint-Étienne, you mentioned the midweek game, go 2-0 up and then collapse. You look at um, midweek, uh, last weekend, rather, lose to us. Um, many years ago, when I was at university, uh, a friend of mine fell off a bridge and landed in a tree and hit every branch on his way down and ended up in a crumpled heap on the ground and 
opened his eyes to see a bunch of deer looking at him concerned. That's kind of how Saint-Étienne season's gone. You hit every branch on the way down. I, I, I don't think Mets can beat PSG, but I also don't think that Saint-Étienne are going to get anything off not. That'll do so, that's how I feel. That means there's a six-goal difference in goal difference, as it were. Um, I don't remember think... Bordeaux mathematically can still stay up as well. Bordeaux yeah, but... mathematically Bordeaux. with a <laughs> 13-goal swing. Bordeaux mathematically struggle to, to get on the pitch at the moment without conceding goals. Yeah. I mean, they are... So, I I think the bottom three are all going to lose this weekend and Mets are going to get the playoff place on the goal difference, which mm. is better. Well, I mean... I if don't you... think Nantes are going to be able to put more past Saint-Étienne to... Oh, the PSG are going to put enough past Mets to overturn yeah. uh, the Nantes-Saint-Étienne thing. So, yes, it's not confirmed, but that win at the weekend for Mets was huge. Mm. Yeah, massive, massive. And and I think I think if you'd have given not just Jazz, any Mets fan... This opportunity going into the final game two weeks ago, they would have A have laughed and B would have bitten your hand off. I mean, it's it's in it's in their hands and they made just, seven seven points in three games. Yeah, that's nuts, isn't it? I mean, any other day you've gone, aren't you? Any other day. And it wasn't just it wasn't just the the um the points and, and the goals conceded. It was like the confidence was gone, wasn't it? And how big that Fabelia goal against Leon would be, because let's not forget they were two love in that game and shipped two goals to a, a below par Leon. Had that third goal not been, you know, not gone in in the last minute, we probably would have said that would have been it. But as you both rightly said, Nantes hosts and Etienne on the final day. Uh, Mets go to Paris Saint Germain, so the away tri- away tie. And Bordeaux go to Brest. Um, I mean, I think we've probably both, or all three of us, sorry, have covered it here. But do either of you give Bordeaux any shot here? I mean, Brest, <laughs> Brest have lost their last two, but they are comfortably mid-table in eleventh. Um, technically, nothing to play for, which usually it can go one of two ways. It can either go the Montpellier on the beach route, or it can go the you know team has nothing to play but, for, therefore relaxes. But Montpellier were playing PSG. Yeah, fair point. And Bordeaux will be playing Brest. Yeah. They they have to... Would not surprise me. And then... Let's not forget, they have to win. They don't don't just have to, you know, if if Bordeaux were... Win and win big. Big. All the other two have to lose big. Because so... No, uh, Bordeaux... Oh, of course, because the Nets, sorry, yeah, because because they've got to reach Mets's tally to be, make the playoff. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. So, so, so realistically, on the weekend, the um, French TV was saying they're down, they're there's gone. no way they can do this. Yeah, and yes, unless they pull off a police machine, style. <laughs> Bristol Rovers, as it's known in the UK. That wouldn't even be enough. No, no. So if we condemn Bordeaux, which is a story that I'm sure we will revisit post-season with with a few pods, because that's a a bigger shit show than any of them, really. Um, So if we consider them gone, as you say, Saint-Étienne, 31 points, Mets, 31 points, minus 35 goal difference for Saint-Étienne and minus 29 for Mets. So unless PSG win... 6-0 6-0 and uh and both teams lose then you know Mets should cling on to that playoff spot um just before we go on to the European chase it seems like a good time to just transition 
briefly into uh, Ligue 2 because that exists um, and we do like to check in on it every once in a while. First things first, let's say a big congratulations to Toulouse who are back as confirmed champions. They are back in Ligue 1 next year, as indeed are AC Ajaxio. Uh, who, funnily enough, beat Toulouse, um, who were probably still a little bit worse for wear after their championship celebrations. They won 1-0 at the weekend, and Ajaxio are second in Ligue 2, so they will be returning to Ligue 1 next season. Now the playoffs, uh, I think Jez and I touched on it last week, but just to refresh people's memories or fill them in for the first time, so it's Osea have secured third, so they are automatically into the quote-unquote playoff final, and they will play the winner of fourth versus fifth, which is Paris FC, who have the right to play home. Uh, as Sosho, uh, they got the they got the best of the results in the final day. They finish above Sosho, so we will see. Uh, Paris FC versus Sosho is the 17th of May, which is tomorrow, if I'm right in saying. Yes, Tuesday, tomorrow. So whoever wins that game will then face Osea, and I believe that's on Saturday or Sunday, Friday. Sorry, Friday evening at 7.30, Friday the 20th. So by next time we pod, we will know who Mets slash St Etienne will be playing. I have a suspicion it might be Osea, but who knows? I want um, it to be Paris. Yeah. And I kind of want it to be Sosho. So we're all, you know, we're uh, all there. But I think, I think Jez and I both said the same last week. Any of those three. It'd be lovely to see Osea back, a grand old name in French football. Sosho similar, and Perry would just be fun for a new name and the Parisian derby. So, you and know. and kind of also on League Two, Nancy are relegated. They are. Yeah. Do you remember? It wasn't long ago they were in Ligue 1, and now they're going to yep. be in National. It's oh, that's awkward. It's super sad. Yeah, yeah it's, it's super sad. We, I think, um, when you look at the final league table, I mean, uh, they are uh, Dunkirk have also gone. So Nancy finished bottom. Dunkirk have gone. Uh, Cuvelli Ram have um, survived to the playoff. Roday have survived, which I, I don't know why. I just have a sort of a weird kind of interest in that club. I don't know why. I was reading something about them online, and I, I've sort of almost developed them as my. My second tier club. I don't know why. I just have. So they survive. Uh, Valenciennes, another former Liga side. They've survived. Grenoble Foot, another Armien, finished 14th. Bastia on their um, attempted rise back, finished 12th. Dijon, 11th. Um, and Bastia, sort of just that's been a massive rise. Yeah, true, true. Um, Absolutely, possibly. So I impressive given yeah. everything that club has been through. Yeah. So that they are kind of punching their weight is really good to see. Yeah, let's just hope that's maybe we'll see two Corsican teams back in Ligal. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh And 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 a little shout out to a couple of clubs um, just below the line, Gangon, who won four the last five and. Uh, they did miss out by 10 points from Sasha in the end, but they had a good run to the end of the season. Nice to see them on the up and calm. Also, again, mixed end to the season, but they finished seventh. So, yes, Ligue 2 will be very competitive next year with those grand old teams, plus potentially St Etienne and Bordeaux, which remains to be seen. Let's, um, let's come to the top then, uh, and obviously not the very top because we know PSG are the champions, but this fight for Europe is... Uh, suddenly taken a dramatic twist in that, obviously, Marseille losing that game against Nantes. Um, it's Monaco that are the team on fire. Oh, Ren. Uh, sorry, Ren. Sorry, yes. So, given given that, results to other clubs here. That was a massive fuck-up. Yeah. Their last game is against Strasbourg. Yes. Who are fifth. And need to so, win to secure fifth. Marseille might be on the verge of Marseilleing this. Mm. So at least Marseille are at home, although their home form isn't great. I was just going to say, um, I don't know if that is a good thing. I mean, I, on paper, I'd say Monaco probably got the hardest match. Yeah. And I don't think Rennes is straightforward either. So Lille, Lille host Rennes, uh, Lens host Monaco, two tough ties, and as you say, Marseille, Strasbourg. Um <sighs> Monaco to me feel like a club that's just hit the form just at the right time, don't they? They 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 just that wins on the bounce. Yeah, and coming from behind in the way they did 
in that in that last game. I mean, they Brest were playing like a team that just had the joys of summer in their you know in their nostrils. But they were they were just having a lovely old time, two 0 up, comfortable, and then that goal with Ben had a penalties just before half time, and then second half they just blew Brest away. And I feel like they've got the momentum. Um, Marseille, I mean, it's would would either of you argue that Sampali's job would be questioned? I mean, every time I see um, the owner of Marseille, whose name escapes me, um, whenever I see him in the in the crowd, he always looks thoroughly cheesed off. Uh, and I don't know whether that's because it's his money on the line. Probably. You mean McCourt or Longoria? Longoria, Longoria. Um, it's not his money. So. Oh, so no, I suppose he's the sporting director, isn't he? I think he has got a bit of an anger management problem. So I think he has. Okay, so we'll take the money out. That's that's probably you're quite right. It's not his money, but he. I guess his his image. He strikes me as that guy, that passive aggressive guy in a nightclub who who doesn't get drinks on demand and then just causes a massive ding dong with the paparazzi outside. He, he just and he does... seems one of those ones that's got bigger friends and he yes and hides behind them yeah 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 he said it no he didn't yes he did well I'm not here and slopes off into the background while he's heavy deal with it but yeah I mean he he does and, and Sam Pauli is cutting a figure on the touchline of a man who knows his season is slipping away um I don't know I mean I I feel like it would be quite the gamble to dispense with him if they don't make it but this is this is big, isn't it, for Marseille? If they don't make it, if they just get Europa League again, I mean, the, the whole the whole summer that's, is built around this. That's kind of what I thought. Looking at trying to keep up with the weekend's action was they have been second for so long. Yeah, and then now it's like. And I know Europe is Europe, but Marseille expect a different kind of Europe. And they could easily be caught, particularly because Strasbourg are on, are going to be really going for this. And you got Ren in there as well, so it's. You've also, I think, you've also got to look at goal difference. Well, problematic. Yeah, goal, goal difference is a point. Actually, I was weirdly just looking at that. You read my mind, just mm. um, Monaco plus twenty five. So you should say Monaco are currently second, so it's in their hands. Plus twenty five, sixty eight points. Marseille sixty eight points also, but plus twenty one, so a four goal swing. Uh, Ren plus forty two goal difference. 65 points. So the only way Ren uh, achieve um, second spot is if they win and the other two lose. Um, and if that happens, then goal difference will take Ren into the Champions League. Um, I guess the but argument... Ren, I think, would be fine with qualifying. Yeah. yeah. Which is where third gets you. And it, and it so should also be... Ren seven. beat Lille, who, yeah. frankly, can well, be beaten... Um, then I think Strasbourg could do Marseille and Strasbourg are on the same goal difference as Marseille. Yeah, plus, 20, plus 21, 63 Which points. They're not in the same points, obviously, but um, they could knock a couple off that as well. What what I could see happening with these games is is Strasbourg. Um, so we can't take away Nice in this fight for for mm-hmm. European places because well, technically you can't actually talk. You can't say Lons are out of it because as uh, as you alluded to as well, there, Jez, like these fixtures, Lons oh, are playing they, Monaco, but they, they need to they win. They are. So they they could in theory Lons could win it's that game and top four plus cup cup winner. Yeah. So, Lance are out. Uh, no, I mean, if they were to win. So, if, if they were to get the win and go to 64 points and Strasbourg were to lose and Nice were to lose, then Lance would, would leapfrog them all into fifth. I think only fourth qualifies for the UEFA. 
Oh yeah, but for the oh, um, Euro the yes, Europa but, Conference, so we're going all the way down to yeah, a plate. Jesus, I'm so confused. So you've got the Champions League what? is PSG plus one, so first and second. You've got Europa League is third, and then you've got fourth. Is no, third, qualifying is, is, third is qualifying round for Champions League. Sorry, Champions fourth League fourth and is cup winner is Europa. Europa League, and then Europa Conference is fifth. Really, I believe so. Oh, that, that's my understanding. I, I could be wrong, but that's my understanding. Is is Europa Conference is fifth? Come back next week, everybody, when we'll have worked this shit out. Every every time I feel like I've got it <laughs> nailed, as far as as far as I know, fifth does get you into the qualifiers for the Europa Conference. As far as I as far as I understand it, the Europa Conference. Who are you playing? Um. Oh, I mean, you could literally Into be playing what? Tesco Basically? from from Gibraltar. Yeah, I mean, it's and I'm just looking again. Europa League, yeah, and Euro, Euro, UEFA Conference League qualifiers is stipulated as fifth. So, so yeah, all to play for in terms of of that situation. Um, there is a scenario where Monaco could draw and still secure second if Marseille were to lose and Rennes were to draw or lose um and i wonder if there could be a little bit of shithousery going on here because it because strasbourg strasbourg marseille you could see that being a draw couldn't you quite easily um and then if Bold monaco would be my bet there's, there's so there's so many permutations here and what we would have to say is i think if you were going to draw up the final day and you were going to say do you want to have games that everything or things ride on them you're looking at lawns monaco um, you're looking at Lille Ren and you're looking at Marseille Strasbourg because all six teams that are playing each other there have something on the line. And of course, on the screens next to you, you want to have PSG Mets and Nantes and Etienne. Um, I feel sorry for anyone watching Angers Montpellier or uh, Clermont Lyon or <laughs> Lorient Trois, which even I won't be watching, or Rams Nice. Well, actually, Rams Nice technically, I mean, Nice can still, we shouldn't rule them out. Uh, a Nice win would take them to, to 66 points and they could finish as high as fourth. But again, there's a lot of ifs, buts and maybes. And I think Nice will be kicking themselves that they threw away the lead in that last game. So um, there you go. If, if you followed along with that, well done. Uh, you deserve a medal. We will wrap it all up next week when we will know for sure who's going where. So, you know, just watch, drink it in. Who's going where and when? I just... Because obviously uh, trying to watch 10 games simultaneously is problematic. But as PSG rolled over Montpellier, and because we've got the 10-year celebrations of Montpellier winning the league, I was just thinking again how shit it is to be a selling club because you look at who Montpellier sold last season, last summer Delort, the board both of them have 15 goals this season and uh, Montpellier's highest scorer, who is currently in the squad, is Wahi with 10 Mavadidi Savanier with eight. And we're all terrified that Savanier is going to move on. This is part of the kind of financial thing that is has always been a problem in Liga. But Montpellier have just gone off a cliff so long ago. And selling your two best goal scorers, 15 goals each. I, I just, that's why the fans are aggravated, mm. I think. And yeah. I yes, guess you have to do it to make the finances work, but good Lord, it's painful to watch sometimes. I guess as we head into the summer, um, it's it's that age old um, 
uh, sort of argument of Premier League teams, etc., are going to be looking for league and players. And the, uh, say, obviously, you mentioned Montpellier close to your heart. There's there's so many uh, clubs now. You know, Lille are probably going to lose Sven Botman, for example, on top of what they've already lost. You'd imagine that some of those Nice players, if they don't qualify for Europe, will be will be picked off. Um, Marseille's squad is going to be quite dramatically different when loans end. I hope, anyway. Um, you know, there's a few there's a few talented Leon players that, with the season they've had, surely they're gonna gonna be looked to be moved on or cleared out, whichever way you look at it. Even yeah, be a massive target. There's quite a few in the sure. Leon squad that are fodder as well. For I think Jess and I touched on last week. I mean, but even if you go down as you know, uh, clubs like Rams with Ekatike um, probably going to move on. Um, Nantes will have a few uh, Mela, for example, um, uh, the goalkeeper Lafont. You know, there's there's players for for various clubs here that things could look very different. And I guess you have to look at the Lons model. Sorry, Jess, but you probably have to look at the Lons model and say this is how you rebuild. Or arguably Ren, who've also done really well to steady the ship. Um, in in their league campaign, that actually nicely segues me into. Uh, we're not going to do this too deep because a it'll annoy us and b we could go on forever. But we did have some awards last night, and I mentioned Ren because Bruno Genesio was um, was crowned coach of the season. Um, the other awards, uh, Benoit Bastien was referee of the season. Whether that means anything, I don't know. Um, William Saliba, uh, naturally the, the greatest defender known to man right now in Europe. <laughs> all, all thanks to Arsenal, of course. Hush, Jazz, hush. We could do with him tonight, by the way. But uh, but no, in all seriousness, he was rightly awarded Young Player of the Year, in, in my humble opinion. Um, Karim Benzema was the overseas French Player of the Year. I don't think there's any argument there. Kylian yeah. Mbappe, um, he sounds like quite a player. I don't know how he's gonna how he's gonna get on. Uh, he was naturally player of the year. Um, goalkeeper of the year was Gianluigi Donnarumma. Should we just move? Should we just what? yeah? Should we just go? I think we'll just skip. I missed this. What? Yep. And uh, the team of the year was the uh, goalkeeper of the year, Gianluigi Donnarumma. I'll just repeat that. Uh, Nuno Mensch at left back. I just say so he started. I mean, I know we've seen this before with Neymar, I guess, but he started fewer than half the matches this season. It, it's a joke, isn't it? it and is. from what I remember, I mean, the I don't know if it's purely based on league app performances. If it's not, then Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, did you really need to say, but I don't remember him being particularly impressive in any league app match either. Did you see his interview? Yeah where he was asked about his future and he said he will be at PSG next year and they asked him about Keylor Navas and he said, um, yes, this, this situation will be remedied. There will not be a fight next year. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, seems... no, that's that's the case. I mean, they both said that it can't carry on, yeah. but surprise, surprise, it's Donnarumma who... Who will stay. Yeah. Age, I guess. Um, no, he's not. I'm not saying he's not a brilliant keeper, but... He oh no no! But he's not a brilliant year. keeper. He's had fuck all to do all season. I think he's. I think he's. That's what I'm player. saying. He's done nothing this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly not to merit that award. You look at Matt Sells at, at, at uh, Strasbourg. You look at Lafont. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, even I would argue even Anthony Lopez has had a pretty solid season in a pretty yeah. terrible. Have given it to so. Benitez. I'd have given it to Bernard. Don't no, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, all, all I would say is, Kaylor, if you fancy a trip, you know, down to Lorient, we could do with a keeper. You know, it's not a problem. Um, rest of the team of the season. So Donna River, whether you like it or not, uh, whether we like it or not, was the goalkeeper in in this is the team of the season. Uh, Nuno Mendes of PSG was left back. Saliba and Marquinhos, not too many arguments here. The centre backs, Jonathan Klaus, the right back. Or right wing back, if you will, midfield, Dimitri Payet, uh, Aurelien Schumeni, and uh, Seiko Fofana. Not many arguments for me there. And up front, we have pretty... not got many holders there. What are they trying to play? Oh, it, it would, yeah, you'd have defensive issues with this squad for sure, but we're going all that attack. Uh, sure, going... I think many and Fofana could do a job. I'm not sure Payet's going to help that. No. I'm not <laughs> sure I'd call him a midfielder. No, no. That Payet's... was the name that made me go. <laughs> 
Payet's not going to be doing much tracking. Um, and nor will the front three, uh, Ben Yedda and Bappe and Martin Terrier, who <laughs> certainly deserves in this I season. Terrier so, uh, would probably try to help. Oh yeah, he he yeah he works hard. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't think um, the other two are going to be doing too much tracking. <laughs> but that is your team of the season or the team of the season. If we um, obviously during the summer or when the season ends, we will probably do a couple of pods um, before we take a summer break. I'm sure we'll we'll maybe have an episode where we'll do our own. Um, I think I'm trying to work on a few guests actually to come on to maybe do a few for us as well so we'll, we'll work on that we'll see what where we can come up with um oh, but oh, yes can i just oh, one more match mm. the women's coupe de france yes psg 8 is your nil close one uh, you so about that a match? Was, <laughs> it's a cricket score yeah it, Kind of problematic. Uh, a hat trick for Cajojo, who apparently will be going to Barcelona in the summer. Uh, two for Debridge, two for Lawrence, can't read my own writing, and one for uh, Dudek, the central defender. So I'm guessing that was a towering header from Gorn. So PSG have actually won something this year, which is the Coupe de France Feminine. There you go. There you go. So everything or silverware being dished out across the uh, the men's and the women's game. And we've only got a week left to go, which is kind of super sad because, you know, there's not much to do over the summer. Um, slightly... Well, I'm, I'm coming back to the UK for the Women's Euros. Well, yes, I was going to say, you, you do have a foot in that oh. camp, that's for sure. Yeah, there is. I mean, when I say there's nothing to do, I don't mean nothing, nothing, but it's a quiet time for the Also, football. Toulon tournament is back, but I can't work out how the hell to get to wherever the final is being held in June. But yeah, first couple of weeks in June, the Toulon tournament is back. Hurrah! Everybody Youngsters. get involved youngsters um just before we do wrap up this week uh jess you wanted to have a, just a quick word about the adresa gway situation um maybe just give everyone a heads up on a the campaign that went around league this weekend and the subsequent fallout about gway um i believe it's come out as an investigation what what's going on there um basically the um the sort of to tie in with um international day against homophobia um Ligao always sort of i think in the past that you know like in the premier league as well in the past the, the players have had rainbow laces um this week all, all teams had sort of on their numbers on their back they had um the sort of rainbow motif and they they stood before the match with a, a big sign saying you know, football for all, that kind of thing. Um, Idrissa Gay was not on the PSG team sheet last year in the equivalent um, match that was also to, to mark the, the same day. He missed the match with supposed stomach upset. Um, this time, no reason was given, but Pochettino confirmed after the match that he wasn't injured. Um, and all the reports suggests that it's because he didn't want to turn out in um, a shirt or didn't want to in any way sort of recognise an anti-homophobia campaign. Mm. <clears throat> so I, d I don't know. I mean, you mentioned investigations. I don't know what, what can or can't be done. Um, I mean, you can argue that it's... <laughs> he's arguably less hypocritical than, say the whole of PSG, because Qatar is not exactly known for its uh, welcoming attitudes um, to the LGBTQ um, community. Um, just as Haaland, with all his great sort of, so that's going off subject slightly, but all his great sort of, him and Norway's great attitudes towards complaining about the World Cup in Qatar and things like that, but he's happy to sign a multi-million deal for uh, a Dubai-based um, 
state-run team that have sort of similar attitudes. So it's just another case of hypocrisy in football. And on the one hand, you could say at least gay isn't being um, a hypocrite, but obviously it's a very, very problematic attitude. Um, I don't want to get into sort of the the religious aspects of it because he is a practicing Muslim, but you know, whatever, it's 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 really not a good look for PSG, for gay. And and as I said, I'm not sure that anything can be done. It's his his personal view. And you can't I don't think that there's any I don't think there's a sort of basis for suspending him or whatever, but yeah, it's not good. If if there's um and I, and I, this is purely maybe you you might you can uh, answer this if you like Phil. is there an argument and uh, i want to stress myself here that this is not how i feel um this is purely me as a host sort of asking the question if somebody does feel that they don't stand to those rights or if they do have a you know a personal feeling or belief against um you know same-sex marriage whatever it might be is there an argument that if this doesn't come out, it's not a story. And what I mean by that is the player has the right, I guess, to say, I'm not, you know, I'm not prepared to take part in a match where a a sort of a symbol of something is being forced for me to wear, for example, right? Um, We've seen it with T-shirts in the past. I mean, is is that not his right as a player? Is this, I guess what I'm saying is, is the story here, the fact that Pochettino has, Pochettino could easily have vengered it. Oh, he's got a tight hamstring, a little bit knock. You know, that could have been and the that's way they went. They did last year. And I'd yeah. just like to point out this isn't about gay marriage. No, it's no, no. About, I'm, I'm using that as a, you know, uh, an example, I but guess. But I think that's very important. Yeah. But I'm gay and I, like Jess said, think it's actually better that. If Idrissa Garnagay has got a problem with us, that he doesn't just put the shirt on because he has to. Mm. Fine, we know him, we know his stance, and that's that kind of also means that we know the people who are wearing it mean it, mm. which often you get a lot of this stuff and you're like, do they really mean it, whatever. Um, So if he has theological problems with homosexuality, if he doesn't give a shit about gay fans, then he's outed himself, Mm. ironically. Um, And that's that's fine. But all of this stuff, I think, needs to be open. I don't think you have the right to cover the reasons for not doing this, which Mm. is what they did last season. And this season, it was, it's a personal issue. He won't be playing. He's not injured. We all know what that fucking means. Mm. I'm... And if it doesn't mean that, he should come out and say that. And yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah What's also, because I saw this earlier in the day, and then later in the day, I saw a message from Jake Daniels by Blackpool FC. He's, what, 17 years old? Mm. And he's come out at the end of his first pro season, he's made his first team debut. He's got 30 goals for the youth team. He signed a pro contract and he said, I've hated lying my whole life and feeling the need to change to fit in. I want to be a role model myself by doing this. And I'm like, that takes a lot of strength. And there's a lot of people saying, why is this a big deal? Why is this a big deal? It's because if you found this out, you'd be all over on social media. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he's made this statement, that he's done it on his own volition rather than being bullied into it by certain tabloids, 
that is massive. And um, that he's so young. I just, I am in awe of his strength and uh, how much this means. It is very important because in women's football, we've had, there's been lesbians all over the place for years because, you know, sports. Uh, but men's football seems to have this big problem with mm. homosexuality. And it's really great to see somebody coming out and just saying very simply, I'm being myself. Mm. And that is wonderful. And if Drissa Garnagay doesn't want to get behind that, that's his business. Mm. But we all know that now. And so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's. I think that's fair to say. And and, and I would also say that the. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say this is. This is probably more to do with the messy thing than the Harlan thing, because obviously Messi was um, has now been fronting this Qatar um, campaign. I do think it's a little bit rich of some of the media um, to jump on these players and say, "Oh well, you know, Harlan's gone. This is." It, unfortunately, as much as I don't like it, it's a business to them and what they're told to say or told to do or whatever club is going to pay them the most money. It doesn't matter whether their shirts are Saudi inspired or they play their home games in Qatar. If the money's right, players are going to look after their careers. Um, and I just think we're on to a losing battle if we try and question their morals or whatever. This, however, is a bit different because like you say, this is very relevant. This is very very now and it's and it's yeah it, it has it has garnered a lot of attention and and rightly so so yeah interesting um i think we will leave it there for this week um i will just ask you one question jess just as we leave uh are you putting money on a new mbappe five-year deal or the announcement to real madrid because <laughs> apparently apparently that's imminent i think um mark have already stated that he's he's done and dusted to to Real, he teased last night that his future was decided and he was just waiting for the right time or whatever. He, he's gone, isn't he? We, we've, we've come to the conclusion he's gone, have we? I think so. Yeah. You, you're not willing. Then, sure. <laughs> yeah, not willing to. It would be the greatest uh, Rocky story of all time, wouldn't it, if he stayed and went, actually, you know, pulled off the Scooby-Doo mask and went, I'm staying. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and now we will be treated to PSG uh, various stories about who on earth they're going to sign all summer to replace him. So we'll look forward to that. I'm sure it'll be an absolute blast. Um, anyway, <laughs> until then, I think we will leave it there. So we'll be back next week. Uh, as I say, um, hopefully it'll be well if we can align our, our schedules. We'll be back next Monday to talk about the final weekend of the Liga season, where we will find out just who is on their way to Ligue 2, who may just have a chance of staying in Liga and who's going to be in Europe next season as well. So uh, my thanks to Phil and to Jess. Thank you both for your time this evening. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, best of luck to you, Jess, um, because we'll all be rooting for Mets. Uh, I can now say that now, Laurie, I'm safe. So <laughs> I'll be rooting for you. Um, and unfortunately, that will mean we'll have to say goodbye to St Etienne and Bordeaux. But we shall see uh, next week. So until then, um, enjoy your final week of French football this season and we'll speak to you very soon.